you got to keep the big picture that, hey, we're changing the world. We're changing the world. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent. We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse to their industry. Pulse Welcome to, their to industry. Electric People. We have Dave Madsen on the show. Check out Tim Ballard. Jeff Curl. Sheckler. Kenzie Watts. The League presents Electric People. Welcome back to another episode of Electric People. We have Northern California's Jason Cavanaugh with us today. What's up, Jason? Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Jason has been a staple leader in this industry pretty much as long as I've been here. Um, we were just talking that... You've been running a market for five and a half years. It was January of 15 when you got the big call up. Doesn't seem like that long ago, and it seems like forever ago. Yeah, I mean, it really has flown by really fast. It's It's been quick. It's been quick. You know, I, I wanted Stockton, kind of had to wait a little bit. I was for the pecking order. It's a little different back then. You had, to, you had to get 100 installs in a year, and everybody had to think that you were the the stuff and you had to have a lot left in the tank you got interviewed it was it was pretty big deal to be a dm and um i was a little bit lower on the pecking order when stockton first opened but i knew the people that were going there um uh, may not have been a good fit uh at the time you know the singles award and things like that ain't the greatest in stockton um and uh just kind of waited waited my time and turned down a couple other uh, other offices so i could because this is where i'm from it is, it is awesome that that's, that's literally how it was. I mean, you had to do 100 installs in a year, go through an application process, be interviewed by other people, but it's a big deal. Like, it's awesome that, that you have that experience and that you're proven and that, you know, you, your market has been consistently top 10 um, over the years. I did a quick scan through all the quarters and when you look at the entire, the entire list, not just West Coast list, but the entire list, you're, you guys are consistently top 10. You've done an incredible job. And you have 740 personal career installs, which ranks you number 11 on the all-time Vivint Solar install list, which is impressive. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Adam doesn't look like it, but he's impressed. No, I am impressed. (laughs) You know, I'm competitive too, so I always hear these numbers and I'm like, man, I want to get – it gets me fired up to – I just, whenever I hear numbers, I always instantly think of where I'm at in the ranking and uh, gets me fired up. I want to go sell right now. <laughs> well, you've done a lot of uh, other things besides sell that's helped the help Vivint Solar out. So, well, it's you, awesome. Hey, man, we were. We got we, we to spread out your talents. got to spread out your talents. Listen, Jason, we were, just, um, we were just on another call with Chance and we were talking about the L tip. So, if anyone doesn't work for us and is listening, uh, the company has a long-term incentive plan, and it was a huge, huge deal when we first started the company. And then it seems like after the SunEd deal kind of fell apart, like people just kind of stopped talking about the LTIP because our stock went way down. Mm-hmm. And um, Chance was walking through some of the winners and losers on the LTIP um, on this call we were just on, and man hearing your total personal numbers knowing how long you've been a dm in stockton you were uh you were going to be loving life my friend and uh the l tip <laughs> is going to be something that people are no longer joking about when this thing hits so pretty awesome well the, the, yeah there was kind of a you know talk about that quite a bit at the beginning and there was a big buzz and i just told myself whatever happens it'll be gravy i'm not counting it so you know, so, you know, if it ends up being something really good, I'm, I'm sure my wife will like it. <laughs> you know, she's not a you know, driven uh, person either, but I just, you know, yeah, I'm sure she's got something she wants to do with the house. So. <laughs> Ty, I was the same way as Jason. I actually didn't even know the LTIP existed until I was like eight months into the company. And then I heard Jeremy Long talking about it one day and I was like, I don't even, what are you talking about? And um, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, nine years later, it's finally going to, finally going to, well, you kinda, know, monetize It kind of seemed us. like you had to have a, an advanced degree in uh, mathematical analytics to understand how much LTIP you would get and what it would be <laughs> and all the speculation. So I was like, you know, I'm really good at math, but <laughs> this, you know, I don't think it's worth it. You know, everything's going to change. It's up and down. Who knows when it's going to happen? So, you know, well, you know just way out in the future. Right. Like you think of all the change that you've been through and all the things that, that we've managed through. Um, again, I'm excited to go through some of the lessons learned real quickly before we come off it. 
um, this list. Sure. So top installers in Vivint Solar, you know, we're, we're known for leading from the front. Our leaders actually jump in the weeds and lead. And you're a great example of that. Um, I actually don't, this, this is changing like day to day, but uh, Madsen's on top right now. He's head of Sanders. So if Sanders is listening to this, I'm sure he's going to go fight to make that not last long, but that's what it says. Madsen Sanders brand, Hills, Clarkson, Padilla, Howell, Gallivan, Cox, Yates, Kavanaugh. And you and Yates are within like 15 installs and then another like seven of Cox. So it's going to continue to shift around. But dude, that's that's pretty solid company that you're in there, man. That's that's something to really hang your hat on. So hold on. Read the top 10 one more time. Madsen, Sanders, Brand, Hills, Clarkson, Padilla, Howell, Gallivan, Cox, Yates, Kavanaugh. Man, that's a list. I, I forgot the ones that come after that. Stu Watson's like two after that. Um, I can't remember. Anyways, it, it's it's really, really dynamic. So it's, it's really impressive. You have the most installs in your area. You also have the most children in your area. You mentioned it's one of your kids' <laughs> birthdays. Kavanaugh has eight kids. Yeah. And he also what? has yes. probably, probably one of the coolest kid hauler vans. Completely customized. <laughs> Ran the AC the exact way he wanted. Completely modified Kavanaugh Sprinter van for the whole team to travel with. You do it all, man. You do it all. Yeah, it's there's there's quite a bit on my plate each day. I'm glad I only require about four hours of sleep. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. The kids are a blast, and I got I got eight of them. They're all at home. Seventeen down to one, and uh, I got an awesome wife that's really supportive and. I mean, really, I can't complain. I get to, you know, I get to have an amazing oh, wait, job many, where I get to save people money. How many kids does Clarkson have? I thought he had the most kids, but Kavanaugh's got the most with eight. No, he had to. He every time I have one, he has another one too. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm not sure. I'm stopping at eight, so he can win if he gets another one in. So eight's a good number. Oh, he has eight, eight too. <laughs> yeah, eight boys. What's eight your boys, mix, Jason. I got five boys, three girls. The girls came one first, middle, and last. So spacing those and out. If you don't know Kavanaugh's <laughs> if you don't know Kavanaugh's wife, she is small but mighty. She's like she's yeah. just this like you don't look at her and like, wow, you're just like you know what I mean? She just keeps having these kids and she's she's super like just in control of everything. But man, it's it's very it's blessed super woman. impressive. Five three, Hold on. I'm not five pounds. No, and no stretch marks after eight kids. Can you, I mean, she's a genetic freak. You know, she looks like she's, she's 16. It's not fair. It's not fair. Uh, I want to hear all their names, top to bottom, rattled off quickly. <laughs> okay. So I got Kaylin. She's 17. Caleb is 15. Jacob is 13. Skylar is 11. Aiden is 9. Um, now we have a birthday today. That's Nathan. He's 6. Um, Happy birthday, Kai Nathan. Three. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and our and our littlest Claire, she's uh, she just turned one. I feel like we could have done this any day of the year, Ty, and it would have been one of their birthdays. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it really does feel like that. It's like hey, but let's month, let's, start there. let's start there. Let's start there, Kavanaugh, because uh, sure. we just read your personal install stats. We talked about your team and the staple that they've been in the industry. And then, um, you know, in the last five years uh, or six years since I've known you, I've seen your family grow. And, you know, I heard early on um, this phrase that I've kind of clung to that says it's not about work-life balance. It's about work-life management. Because I would probably argue, I mean, you mentioned that you get up at four in the morning, which I don't know when else you would have a quiet couple hours to yourself. You know what I mean? It's so, the, yeah, it's the only it, time I control. Yeah, and it's not balance. It's management, right? So let's talk through um, some of the, the Kavanaugh master class on how to manage your time and get all this stuff done like what systems exist how do you how does the how does the Kavanaugh household run because a lot of people so, say man I, I just had a baby I can't work for six months you're constantly yeah. having babies yeah um man well that's, you're that's, constantly that's having babies <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> I wouldn't say that we have a perfect time management system um, I think we're still working on that. We're still getting things dialed. Uh, but I think, um, you know, we put the most important things first and then we kind of let everything else kind of shake out. Um, I mean, all my kids are really good athletes. Me and my wife took this genetic test. We both have the elite power athlete gene, whatever that is. And 
all my kids are really good at sports. So I got a lot of games and things that I don't want to miss. And, um, you know, and then, you know, my, my wife needs time and attention. Every kid needs time and attention. I got a lot of reps in the office. They all need a little bit of time and attention. I think when you get as, as, um, filled up as my life is, um, I don't know if you need a schedule. It's just on to the next most important thing. And, um, and you roll and you get it done, you know, and, and that's just, I mean, I, there's probably a better answer that sounds really good, <laughs> but that's really the truth. Um, is, well, is really just kind of the, like watch you interact with your family and watch your week. You probably have these systems, you know, mm -hmm. ways that you sync with your life and things like that. So what are, what are some of the yeah. things like for people that, that are juggling a lot, what are some tips that you have for them on how they can be effective in the most important things? How do you select the most important things and how do you make up, make it so that when it's time for you to show up, because honestly, everybody needs time and attention, but you're providing for a 10 person household, right? So mm -hmm. what are, what are some things that people can apply that, that if you had to think about it, um, you could offer? Well, um, I think, you know, scheduling, sitting down with your, your wife and scheduling um, vacations first and scheduling your and her time first and the essential things that, that you really want to not miss in life first, putting those big things, most important things first and seeing that eye to eye and coming to, to understand that this is important to us. Um, really matters because once that's on the schedule, then it's like, okay, well, there are these other responsibilities that have to happen as well. And now where I'm okay with what sacrifice that's going to have to be or what you're going to have to do to make that happen, because these things that are the most important are in place. And once those are in place, then, you know, then you can buy in as a team and, and you know, and do the hard things to make those things happen because you have something to look forward to. And also you've shown your priority to each other. I think that's probably the most important thing that we do. Um, you know, we're not the best at it. I got a big giant calendar in my office and we try to write everything down on it um, and kind of get things dialed in. But um, it's, you know, it's a work in progress and you gotta be flexible and you gotta be able to change things out, but make sure that you still, you know, keep that time uh, for each other and for the most important things and, um, and work together. So it is a balancing act. You, you're never gonna be perfectly in balance all the time. Um, I heard this analogy once by Elder Bednar. He talked about how it's kind of like um, you're, you're, you're spinning those plates at the halftime show and the guy gets them all going and, you know, you're just constantly, you have all the plates going and then one starts to wobble a little bit and you got to get over there and you got to kind of spin that plate and get it going again so that way it doesn't fall or break. And I think, I think life is a little bit like that. You're not perfect at it, but... Um, you know, if you put the most important things first and you make sure that you're always net, you know, not neglecting things uh, for too much period of time, you make sure that you keep the relationships healthy. It, it, you know, you can have success even when you have a very, very busy, hectic life. Well, you're clearly quite very good. Um, and maybe your wife wouldn't or would agree. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> you're I would say you're very good at communicating with your wife or at least having good expectations with your wife in terms of your work schedule. You can't sell and be as prolific as you've been with your personal sales without having time on the doors. And my guess is you're a very good salesman anyway, and you probably have a really high close rate to begin with. Um, you know, and I, I, I think a lot of our best guys kind of have that sniper, like one shot, one kill. Like I'm a, I don't have the same amount of time as the normal sales rep does. And so I have to be really efficient with my time when I'm out working and, and sell really well. But you still have to have time out there. Um, I think a lot of our guys with families struggle with their, you know, their wives saying like, hey, when are you going to be home tonight? Like, well, you're, you're home at a different time every night. Like, what's, you know, are you working this Saturday? Are you working Friday night? Like, so talk to us about the expectations that you set with your wife and more importantly, is she okay with those expectations or the commitment that you are asking for with work because you're crystal clear on the goals you have together or what you're working toward together? I guess, or is she just naturally like laid back and she's okay with you kind of doing what you want to do? 
I would assume with I would assume with I would assume with eight kids. I would assume with eight kids, she's not cool with you know old JC so, rolling so the, whenever the, he wants to. So yeah, so you do have to have some clear expectations because a woman with eight children that works as hard as my wife does. She, you, you kind of get to the point where you absolutely need breaks, right? And having an expectation of when you're going to get that break is very important, especially for me to come through on. So, you know, we have some kind of non-negotiables, right? So one of the things that I see reps struggle with is their schedule and catering to every whim um, of customers. And they don't realize that if you just tell them, hey, actually I have something scheduled at that time. How about this time or this time? They're going to be just as, you know, willing to set up the appointment. It's not going to like, they're not going to storm out and stomp their feet. If they did, then most likely that wasn't going to be your sale anyway. So um, I think, you know, Friday nights is date night, you know, and then at least two to three nights a week, you know, I'm home for dinner. You know what I mean? And, you know, one of those nights is Sunday, you know, and then, you know, usually two two days out of the week, um, I'll make sure that, you know, we're, I'm home for dinner. We can sit down and have family time, something to, to look forward to, um, you know, have family family times on Monday. Um, if, you know, sometimes that day switches, you know, but I try to keep my Mondays uh, fairly light um, and schedule maybe an appointment or two or nothing at all and see how it goes. So um, you're right about the sniper approach. I've been doing door-to-door sales since I was 12. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, you know, it's, you get to the point where, you know, uh, you're, you know, you use the tools that Vivint has given you. And a lot of times you're getting the first door, the second door, you know, you're able to, you, you know, you've built so much momentum in your area, you know, which people are, should be hot and ready to go. Plus, you know, you, you, you know, I've, I've, I've learned a very important principle that I've really applied a lot in probably the last five to 10 years of my life. And just because you, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Um, And I'm, you know, just because you can sell every door doesn't mean that that needs to be your biggest way of getting sales if you have more effective ways. Right. So I've been able to really work the referral angle well with my customers. I usually get about three to five referrals from most of my customers. Um, and I have kind of a list of people that I can go to. Um, you know, to be honest, I've probably lost a lot of sales because you just don't have a lot of time. There's more sales to be made than definitely time to make the sales for sure. Um, and so, you know, you kind of, when you're in the area, you hit those up or if they're real hot and the customer says, Hey, I just talked to them, you know, you, you hit those ones up too, because these ones are hot. They have, they have, they have somebody that's already told them how good their experience has been, you know, and, and most of those, they have less objectives or, uh, you know, to, to getting solar and the close ratio, even if you're selling most doors you do at the door, I mean, probably like 50, 60% or something, you know, if you're really good, you know, just things fall apart at some point for you know, whatever, but you know, like you get 80 to 90% of the referrals, you know, sometimes higher. So what I'm, what I'm getting is just to kind of summarize the question, Ty, um, there's two parts of it. One, you've got some non-negotiables with your wife, it, your date nights, your vacation time, which mm-hmm. I thought was really, I've never actually heard anyone say that's the number one thing that they plan out. So it kind of almost seems like you start with a big, big picture for the year you plan out your vacations and then you have your non-negotiables on a weekly basis with your wife in terms of her breaks that she's getting the date night for you and her, that sort of thing. Um, and then as far as your own time, you don't dink around and waste time. I mean, with eight kids at home, knowing that your wife's there to me, it sounds like you get out and you get going. And, um, and then I think for our new reps, there's probably some patience required, right? Because it sounds like you've really got your area yeah. hot. And so you, you know, your area really well, you know, your market really well, you've got a lot of momentum in your market and that takes time. So I think the message to our new reps too, is also, you might feel a little overwhelmed in the beginning and like you're running around with your head cut off kind of thing, but that will get better. The timing, the, uh, the time management will get better. Your ratios are going to get better. You're going to start having everything these does. The more, the more where, you sell, the more you sell. Right. Yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting thing that you said that 
there's not enough time in the day to make enough sa the sales that are out there. I can't remember exactly how you worded it, but um, how many of our reps just waste time all day not understanding that there is not enough time in the day to make all the sales that there are to be made in your market? Like that's a really unique way of looking at things. Oh, it's definitely true. It's definitely true. I mean, I've had to, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I've had to kind of, you know, as, as a very, as you know, I played college sports and I've always been very competitive and, you know, it's one of those things where you have to see the big picture and what's most important to you and how do I get that thing? Right. So if your family is most important to you or, uh, you know, you have, you know, you want some kind of balance, good relationships or, you know, or maybe it is, you know, two million dollars. I don't know. But, um, you know, you have to dial it in. You know, could could I put could I put in 200 installs a year? Yeah, but it would come at a big sacrifice. Every anything that you excel at or become excellent at or you become the best at requires sacrifice. You know, and am I willing to sacrifice? Well, the sacrifices are too severe at this point, right? It'd be relationships. It would be that time, that mandatory thing. And, you know, I have, like I said, you know, each one of my kids deserves some of my time. You know, my wife deserves some of my time. And my reps, you know, in our office, they all deserve some of my time. You know, and it's, it's one of those things where you have to decide, what it is that you want and be okay with that because that's what you've chosen to accomplish. Um, and I've, I, it's frustrated me at times, you know, cause like you, Adam, I look at that list and I'm like, I want to compete at the top right now. You know, I want to throw in 50 a quarter and I want to put Matt, I want to put Madsen at the test. I want to see what I can do, you know? And it's, and in it's, it's, you know, sometimes you have to take it back. You have to look back and you go, what would that take? You know what? And you have to put things in perspective. Um, and, and I'm not telling anybody to not sell as many as they should. You know, I hope that's not coming across the, that way. Um, but you have to figure out what's most important to you and figure out what it is that it's going to take to get to that thing and what you're willing to sacrifice and what you're not. And if you can figure that out early, um, you'll probably have a lot less drama in your life. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, that would be my, my, my tip, tip of the day. But, um, but you know, and you have to be able to be okay with, all right, you know, could I be better in this, in this category? Yes. But you know, what would it take in these other, in these other categories of my life? Um, and you have to say, Hey, Balance is more important. People are more important. Relationships are more important. And I'm not just talking about sales. I, I think that's just life in general. I think uh, I think the mentality, the, the you know, the first thing I always like, and part of the, the the purpose of this podcast is to understand how the very best people think. People that stand out in their field, how do they think? And the fact that there's more sales to be made than there is time to make them. And the more you sell, the more you sell. There's a lot of people that think, man, there's not that many sales out there. I have to go find one. You're the inverse of that that says, there's so many out here, I just don't have time, right? Um, the other thing you said is you get three to five referrals from every customer. I know you're really high in your referral game. I know your uh, your conversion's really high. So how do you get three to five referrals from every customer? How do you do that? You ask. You can't get something you don't ask for. You know, I mean, when there's the buyer's high, when they've committed and they're really ready to go, you ask, hey, I get three to five referrals from each one of my customers. Who do you know that wants to save money mm. on your power bill? You say that to them. I've you usually tell, you set the page with the customer and say, most people give me three to five. Let's get started on them. Yeah, and I'm actually yeah. usually pep peppering in my conversation too. Oh, that's why people like me to take care of their family because they know I'm going to take whatever I do for them. I'm going to do for their family or their friends. You know, and, and I'm and I'm explaining those things as I go to build up that confidence, um, and then when you're going to referrals now, obviously they're going to expect you to get referrals from them. They are a referral. So, I mean, you know, so now again, the more you sell, the more you sell. So, you know, and it's, it's, it just perpetuates there. Therefore, I mean, I've honestly, I'm, as you can talk to TMIC, I'm not the most punctual person. Uh, I have a tendency to be a little late to things. I think I, I pack my schedule a little too full sometimes, but I've actually multiple times about to leave a house at, close the deal up, and they're like, well, did you want that list that we, you talked about of referrals? And they Shut have a up. list. 
Really? Of people, no, like, multiple times. It's about expectations. Yes, it's about expectations. You, if you tell them, "Hey, I get three to five referrals from each customer," and you set that expectation up, they want to fulfill yeah. that. They really do. Can't you just see? Um, and so, Ty, can't you just see Kavanaugh just being like? Oh, yeah, I guess I do want that list. Like in a jolly, <laughs> yeah. jolly like little, I guess I, you know what? Um, I was going to say, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> when you um, when you talk about how you tell people how many referrals they're going to give you, I, I referrals were always a big part of my game too. And I think that's one of the key things with referrals is you tell people how many referrals you expect to get from them and then I always, and I'm sure you do the same, is I would tell them why they're going to give me referrals, which is the experience that they're going to have with me is an experience they're going to want to share with their friends and they're going to want to share with their, their neighbors and families. Like, I'm going to do a really, really good job with you. And, you know, I build my entire business on referrals and you'll see with the experience you'll have with me, you're going to want to, you're going to want to refer your friends and family to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. um, Yeah. And that's what you say. Hey, you know, if I come through on everything I say and you tell your friends about that, it's going to be much more powerful than if I say it, you know, and mm -hmm. and I finally got like the magic words the other day. You know, you kind of always sense it, but I had this customer, I went in his house and he said, you know why I'm going to get solar with you? Now we're talking, I'm in this house for like two minutes. Like we haven't really like gone through a big pitch or anything like that. And he's like, you know why I'm going to get solar with you? Because Jamie said, whatever you say, you will do it. I was like, man, wow. you just made me that. Like, that's like, you know, as a salesperson, that is what, like, you're just, ah, you're like, you're wanting to hear that, those words, you know, and, and it's, and that's what it's all about. You, you make expectations and you, and you keep them. Now it's really hard for them not to, to brag about you to their friends. Hey, I got the solar guy. Jason will take care of you. Don't worry. There's multiple options, you know, and you don't even have to sell them. You know, you, you just get me in front of them and, and, and if they can get solar, they will. And so yeah, it's, it's one of the, a lot, sorry, a lot of top guys don't even ask. Like that was your first response is I just ask now, obviously listening to you, you have a method, right? Like I, I usually find that people yeah. need to hear things three times. Like by the time someone's signing a contract, they're hearing the terms mm-hmm. for the third time. Yeah. But if you say, hey, you know, most people give me three to five. Hey, I'm going to get a list from your friends and family. The reason you're going to refer me is because you're going to have such a great experience. There's three. Okay. You want to hear what but, I do, huh, Ty? You want to hear what I yeah, do? Yeah, but I also, I also think it's interesting that some of the top sellers on this list don't do No, you're not. right. No, oh, my, first training, like John my first training three John years Sanders ago, doesn't get three years ago in the Concord office, three years ago in the Concord office, all the DMs, all the reps were there. I did my training on referrals. And I polled them before I started. I sent out a piece of paper. I wanted to know how many people actually asked for referrals. And I was blown away. Nobody Mm -hmm. asked for referrals, not even the leaders. There was like three people in the audience that even said that they ask on a regular basis at all. And I was like, why? I mean, like, you know, these are, this is your, this is your golden eggs, your customer, you know, why would you not ask them to give you one? You know, and um, but anyways, yeah, so you really it's real simple. I actually learned this in the Fresno office. Um, You know, uh, there were some really, really studs in the Fresno office when I was there. You know, Jeff Strong, you had Richard Howe, you had Forrest Flesh, you had Bryce Jones, you had, um, gosh, there was there was like probably, you know, you had Landon Whitmer. You had I mean, you had. um, Oh, my goodness. um, Yeah. Good. His name is slipping my mind right now. He uh, super good hair, and he was he was on for some reason. Troy Van Bell. Right <laughs> yeah, see, that's all I had to say was super good hair. You know, I mean, just just <laughs> loaded with studs, right? Um, but 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 what I, I actually learned this from another rep. Um, he ended up becoming a DM for a quick time, and then went to something else. But he had this little black book, and I'm like, what's up with your little black book? You know, and he's like, well, this is what I do. I get referrals. And, and he was kind of killing the game at the time. His name will probably come to me in a minute. Um, uh, but anyways, uh, you know, and what he did is he, he just asked for him. And I'm like, well, okay, can you tell me about it? And this is what I love about Vivid and Solar. Just ever since I've been with Vivid Solar, everybody's like, oh, yeah, let me tell you every, all my secrets right now because, I, I, you know, I want you to do your best. And so that way I can kick your trash and say you have no excuse, right? So it's like, you know, there's, so there, he's like, you know, like telling me all of the secrets and what he does and how he asks for them. I'm like, 
well, that's genius. I'm like, so that's, you just do that. And then you write them all down and, and I'm like, well, well, well I'm going to do that. So then I just started doing it. You know, I just put them in my iPad and this is what I do. I I, you know, you get that buyer's high and I got the iPad out and I go, so who do you know that wants to save money on their power bill? I get three to five referrals from each one of my customers. The, the thing is, is it's really about expectations <laughs> and asking and having the confidence to, to get them from them. They want to give them to you. And, and, the, you know, and sometimes even if they say, Hey, you know what? I just want to see how this works out for me first. You know, this is the biggest concern that always people say, well, they say that, Oh, great. No problem. Yeah. I'm going to wait to hear from you before I talk to them. I just want to make sure you get credit for them. So who, who do you know? So in that way I can put them on my list and I'll remind you later, but I won't contact them until you let me know. Then you make the list and some, you know, half the time they're like, okay, well you could talk, you could just go talk to them now, you know, but it's, you know, you give them that, you know, assurance that, you know, you're here for them, you're working together. It's going to work out. Um, and once you come through on everything you say, it, now the confidence in you, which is so important as a salesperson, is there. So if you have, if they have that, then you know the sky's the limit. You know that's what they need. They need to have confidence. You have to have confidence and credibility. If you have those two things, uh, they're going to look at you as their guy or gal or whoever your solar person. Um, and you're, you know, now there's no one else they want to send so people to solar. You know, and this is you can do this with people that don't even they're not even vivid solar customers in, in a neighborhood. You know, most solar. Um, reps haven't been very good to their customers and some of the companies aren't even in business you know you go talk to them you become their solar people and you can get referrals from them too uh, you got to use those resources and get those high-end sales you know and use all of the assets that you have in the area that you're assigned so you're not just beating your head against the wall you know uh, knocking's great you know um, but there's also you know that that's what you do after you've expended your other resources in your area talk to the people that are already there talk to your customers and then knock and then build up that momentum in your area. The bigger you get mo momentum in your area, the easier the sales get, you know, it's just the more Jason, you, sell, the you more talked sales. about, you, you said the confidence and competence were the things that um, are required for all of our new guys. That I'd are say the three started. threes are confidence, competence, and credibility. Those okay, are, those That's are what the three things. So if you're a new rep, how do you build credibility? Um, and I mean, even I'm just thinking, I think a lot of our reps lose credibility on the doors, just even by the way they look, you know, or their body language or things like that. But yeah, what are some little things our guys that are especially just getting started, maybe some ways that they can instantly lose credibility with customers or instantly gain credibility with customers. And then also how do you acquire that competence well competence is typically over time you know i tell reps when they first come into a the solar there's probably two or three thousand things that are going to be good for you to know at one point but if i told them to you all right now you know it's just going to go in one ear and out the other um, but i try to make myself very available to reps so that way the moment they need information um, and that maybe if you followed me around through the day, you would see little things like that, you know, a text message and a quick phone call and reps know that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really busy, but I'll pick up. And, you know, I learned that from, uh, some really good leaders when the one year I did security, um, I don't know if you know, Keaton Crockett or Brando, but he was just really good at that. You know, he just always picked up right away and gave me the quick answer and I was able to like get through it. And so one of the things that, um, I do is I, you know, I, I help them to get that, that, you know, that knowledge base along the way, but the credibility, the first thing I do with reps, when I go knock with them, as I say, who's got solar in the area, who has solar with us, we go talk to them. They got a problem. We fix it. We get that. We get, we become the solar people. Now we're going to take care of you and you make sure that person's happy. Then we find the solar people that are not customers with us. We find out if they're happy, find out their names, make sure that, you know, where their solar people. Right. And then at that point, that doesn't take that long. And sometimes you end up getting an add on from some company that, you know, no one will listen to them or one of the only companies that do it, it seems like. Um, and then you know, now you have this immediately, you know, you have all these friends in the neighborhood that have your back. Right. And then I'll tell them, hey, if one of the neighbors wants to call you to, you know, talk about your experience, would that be OK? And if they do, let me know, because I want to give you like a $50 gift card to take your husband or wife out to, to dinner, you know, for taking some time to do that for us. Appreciate it. And then you, now you have this base of people that can help you with your credibility. Now, 
if there's some vivid ink signs in the area that might help, you know, with some name recognition, but also, you know, once you get it, you one deal, now you're referencing, you know, Hey, we've had trucks in the area, you know, we've had, you know, are, are you, you know, we've been taking care of, do you know, Steve, do you know, Sally, you know, I'm name dropping like crazy when I'm on the doors it's very, and so much so where it, it could get a little annoying. I'll do it when I'm training for, for a purpose. And that way they'll remember, I'll get the, I'll get the customer or the person at the door to the point where they're like, I, I get it. You know, everybody and they all like you and there's solar in the area, you know, but you do it to the point where you're, you're establishing credibility. So now it's important to hear from you. Right. So, you know, their name typically when you come to their door and you know, you typically know whether they can qualify or not. You know, people in their area that have solar. Um, and now, you know a lot more than they do and you're saying hey they you they may qualify for something you don't you're not sure but um you're there to help them find out i don't know if you know sally down the street all those solar panels she didn't take any money out of her pocket to get those on her house she's just saving money at her house now it looks like you might qualify for the same thing i'm not sure um but you know that's what i'm here to do so i can take a much time you know right the the instead of like and so that's one of the things the very best do. Instead of giving the information, they tell about somebody else's experience, right? Instead of saying, right. I could give this to you, they're saying, well, this is what she did. Right, right. And, the, and, that, and that resonates with them because even if they don't talk to Sally, they know who Sally is. They see Sally's house. They see the solar panels up there. This is real stuff, you know? And once they see real stuff and it's associated with you, um, now that adds to your credibility. You know, and, and these people don't have to have gotten solar from you, you know, it could, and they don't even have to have got, got solar from Vivint Solar or um, they could just be happy with their solar experience and have a similar product that you have and you talk to them and establish those facts, you know. So yeah. um, there's a lot of things that you can do without having your own momentum yet. And then once you build your own momentum, then it just perpetuates. Yeah, I was going to say, I think basic things, especially for new reps listening, like look clean, look professional, you know, have good body language when you're on the doors. Don't slouch. Like, body language is so stuff. important. Like be very breath, confident, clean hands, clean shoes, like, <laughs> like all those little details that I think some of our best people just sort of do unconsciously. But then you go out with a, a brand new guy and doesn't understand like, bro, when your shoes are filthy, like no one's trying to let you in their house, you know? So <laughs> little things like that even. But um, I think when you're in the house too, something that uh, I've always found really helps with credibility is when you kind of alluded to it, like putting, you know, if somebody asks you a question, hey, you know, Susie down the street actually had the exact same question. So, you know, that's a pretty common one. Um, and then I tell me if you do this, but I usually try to tell them and from other guys that we've talked to, well, typically will tell them two or three other common concerns that most customers have. And then by doing that, it's like, look, I'm not trying to hide anything from you here. Like here's two or three more that we're going to probably cover here. And I would rather you just hear it from me than, you know, hear yeah. it from your neighbor, or your workmate the next day or whatever. Yeah, I found that the more thorough you are on the first visit, um, the second visit just becomes more of a show and tell. And so one of the, I have kind of like this superstition, I guess. I don't take brand new reps that have never knocked doors out um, because everyone I've ever taken out is not selling solar. And, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I got a kind of a theory on that. You know, either they come out with you and, you know, you sell the first two doors or whatever, and they think, oh, well, everybody's a lay down and um, solar is amazing. And, and then they go out and, and they don't sell, you know, after five or six or 10 rejections, they want to quit because they're like, this isn't for me. That's a complete lie, you know, but they don't feel that, you know, at the time because, you know, they, they thought everybody was a lay down. Or um, there was so much that you did throughout the sale that they're like, oh, I can't do all of that to sell solar, which again is a lie. You don't need to have all of that, you know. Uh, you know, I did this experiment in our office. I, I brought in this big bucket of pennies and I, I you know, because I realized that people just weren't knocking. They weren't putting the time in the doors and I had them all take 25 pennies and put them in their left pocket. And I said, listen, when you get out and you get the pitch out to a homeowner in any way, shape or form, you have solar panels that can save the money on their power bill. And they say, whatever they say, you can take a penny out of your left pocket, put it in your right pocket. 
And I said, I guarantee you, every single one of you, brand new rep to, to experience rep, everybody, you will not get to 25 pennies before you get a deal. And I sent them all out. Now, now they knew I was an expectation. You know, there's, they got to get through these pennies now. How many of them do you think got a sale? Everyone. Everyone got a sale. Most of them within 10. Okay. And the thing is, is you don't have to have all of the knowledge, all of the skills. You just have to be there right now. You know, the, the market's hot. There's a lot of people that want solar. Why you have a product that doesn't cost them anything out of pocket and they're saving money. Right. You just got to be there. Right. And talk to people. So, so I have this superstition. I don't take brand new reps out because, you know, I, I've just seen this bad experience. They, none of them, none of them have panned out for whatever reason. So I wait until they have a few installs under their belt and then they can really like kind of, you know, get to, you know, that next level and they don't, they have some different expectations that have already been set and they're ready to get better. Right. And so I say, I say that because when you go out to the doors and you're, you're, you're using the, the credibility and you're using, you know, the confidence that you have, um, you know, it, you have to be able to, um, I guess, uh, internalize the things that you're learning um, and pick up the little nuances that, to get to the next level, right? Um, there was another point I was trying to think of, but I think I got a little sidetracked. I can't, I can't remember well, they can't. They don't. They don't even know what they're watching when they first go out. And a lot of our new guys, right. think that That's like the key. Is like I got to go watch my manager. They, you're not even sure what to watch when you first go out. So I do think there's a lot to be said for our new guys. Just get the guts and go out there on your own for at least a couple of days and just try. Like watch the the videos on tiles, read the pitch, you know, like go through it all and go just try it on your own. You're going to get way more out of watching your, your DM if you've tried it for at least a couple And that's of what I say. First. And that's one of the, that's the thing I was like, listen, once you get stuck on a certain point over and over again, now when you come out with someone like me or someone else that's got a little bit of experience, you're going to get to that point. You're going to go, okay, he's about to get hammered right mm -hmm. here. This is, it's coming. Here it is. Here it is. Oh, Oh, that, that was that was actually kind of smooth yeah i, 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 I you know and, the, I, and then you're learning right <laughs> how many times have you had a rep go i can't believe like you just you get so many laydowns like when they when they come out and knock <laughs> with you and they don't they don't yes, understand yes. like the jedi mind tricks of you know jason Kavanaugh so that well it's like that, golf you know it's like all your shots just go straight yeah, why do I, yeah, why do? Why do? Why do? What ball are you using? Down the middle. What club is that? You know. You know. Yeah, yeah. What club well, is and that? Because I'm gonna hit it. I'm gonna hit it exactly like you just did, right? Like, yeah. Just give me your club. Yes. So, yeah. So you know, I had you know Clint Williams was a DM with me and Ty Mick, and they. I, it's so crazy because I've been. I really have been doing door to door sales since I was 12. Um, quick story. Uh, there's a the rep in my office. Her name is Josie. You know, she looks kind of young. She's, but she's actually old enough to be my mom. And I didn't realize this. Um, and when I didn't realize this until after she had been hired for over a year that she lived in my neighborhood when I was 12. And she said, yeah, what? when we saw you, cause I, I had what? my, I had, kid you not 12 years old. Yes. You're from Stockton, 12 years old. right? Well, I grew up in Manteca right next to Stockton and she okay, lived in yeah, Manteca yeah. too. Yeah. And anyway, so, so she said, you know, cause I, I was 12 years old. I owned my own two lawnmowers and a weed whacker. You know, and she said, when we saw hey, you coming, we knew fleet. our car was going to get a fleet. Yeah. Yeah. She said, we knew our car was going to get washed or our lawn was going to get mowed or something. And it, it just cracks me up because I'm like, yeah, how do you turn down a 12 year old hustler? You know what I mean? Hey, I'll trim your edges, 10 bucks, you know? So anyways, so it's just, it's just one of those things where there's so many things that I've seen in these trainings from like these, these really good leaders. And I'm like, oh, that's why I do that. You know? Because, you know, that's the beautiful thing about Vivint Solar is you don't have to learn it from scratch from, you know, all from the very beginning to become, you know, you know, whatever, a master at something, 10,000 hours or 10 years. Um, you can learn it from somebody that's already learned it and you can jump way ahead of the game. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, you're doing all these little things. That's why you're able to touch so many people and you can get almost every door. Right. So if you're doing that because you're learning how to adapt to that customer and how to get what's here and here to them in their terms. So they understand it and they're, you know, happy about you as a person and they, you know, you, you got the confidence and the credibility and you know, the, the, you know, you got everything rolling for you, but there's a lot that goes into that. 
but you don't have to have that to make sales, right? You don't have to sell every door. That is a level you can get to, but you don't have to be that way right now. Really, you can put in about five hours, which is about how long it takes to actually talk to 25 people if you're actually terrible and you don't actually get a sale. You know, we've kind of put that calculation together, which almost never happens. But the law of average works out. We had an experienced rep in our, in our office that after three days of that, and then you got the three days, three, three houses in a row, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, it's like the perfect law of the averages. And it's just one of those things where if you put in the time, it's going to work out and you're going to get better and better and better each door if you're learning from it. And if you don't know something, that's when you ask. This is a beautiful, I love this job because it's such a, it's a job that you can just get better at all the time. And when you're progressing, you're happy, you know, and, and it's one of those jobs where you're like, Hey, you know what, what did I do wrong? Now you got people that know the answer. You can go to them. And I mean, you really can't ask for a better job. I, I mean, door to door, um, you know, there's a reason why I'm not a, you know, a professional, you know, uh, you know, at something else. It's just that this right here is just something that, um, you know, the there's something to it. You know, I mean, you guys all know I went to medical school, and and it, and it was just one of those things where I'm so grateful that I was able to have some eye-opening experiences and see, you know, what I needed to be doing and what would be best for my family. Why didn't Why didn't so, you follow anyway. medical? So, um, so medical school is four years. First two years is all book work. You know, then you take a licensing exam over everything you're supposed to know as a doctor. Uh, and then you do your rotations for two years, kind of get well-rounded and see what you like. You graduate, they call you a doctor and then you go to residency, right? So, um, so I took the MCAT, got into medical school, passed the first two years of medical school and the licensing exam. And I started my rotations. I did PED, surgery, psych, OBGYN, internal medicine, family practice, ears, nose, and throat. And I realized I wanted to go into primary care. You know, um, but there were some problems with that. You know, um, they make about 150, 200 grand a year. Sounds like decent money, but I was kind of making good money like that before I, I went to medical school. And then at the end of residency, you'd be $450,000 in debt. So um, basically, I'd have to look my wife in the eye and say, hey, I need you to be a single mother for another six, seven years, maybe a little longer after the practice starts, it's going to be, I have to put some time in there too, and then give up my kids' six, early childhood. Kids. Six, to six, right. seven kids. Maybe. I, had five, I had five at the time. I had five at the time. Jeez. And and give, give up their early childhood. Um, and then, so I can make the same money that I could make right now, but we're going to be $450,000 in debt. Are you okay with that? You know, and... <sighs> I think I was very stubborn. I was very focused. You know, I, not, not too many people in my family have gone to college. So I, had, I think I had to pass that licensing exam to know that that's what I could do if I wanted to. Um, but I had some eye-opening experiences, some things that really kind of had to slap me in the face to like go like, hey, is this what is going to lead to what you really want? You know, and almost had to be like, you know, really, you know, I was very focused and very determined to, to do what I was going to do. Um, but I'm so glad, glad that, that those things happened because now, you know, who, who has an opportunity without, a, I mean, I have a, a bachelor's degree and, you know, a, a post-bac degree, but I mean, without a degree, you can go and make three times what a doctor makes and have worked half the hours. I mean, this is an opportunity that's not really real. If you put it in perspective, how many, if you get an opportunity like this once ever in your whole life, you're, you've, it's like winning the lottery, right? You know, it, so mm -hmm. it's like, you know, that, that's why the hardest part of being a leader is when you have people come in and they don't take full advantage of the opportunity. They don't take full yeah. advantage of the resources that they have because you want them to have that success. That's why I'm in leadership. I mean, I make most of my own money off my own sales, you know, and the, the money I make as a DM doesn't change my life at all, you know, but what does change my life is being able to give something to somebody that only you can give that help that can help them become successful in a way that they couldn't without you. Right. And that means something because when you see someone's life change from, you know, not having their own place and barely having a car to, you know, having their own place, making more money than they ever had in their life and able to spend time with their kids and their family. And you were able to help with that and help to get them to that, to that get them to that level. Uh, that's powerful. And it mean and it means something, you know, and in this kind of, in this kind of work, um, 
you know, that's really kind of like what leadership is all about. I mean, we've learned from the best. I mean, I, we in Vivint Solar, you know, Ty, you've always been a great example to me. You know, your brother Jordan, Ty Mick, you got all these people that are just full of love and, you know, taking care of people and wanting people to grow and to be their best. And um, you're going to be all emotional, but it's just kind of crazy that, you know, we have such a great environment and such a good culture at Vivint Solar where people can really shine if they want to shine. No one wants to hold you back at all. Everybody wants you to be your very best, and it's pretty cool. Well, that's why I'm getting me fired up, Jace. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. The way you it's think is about. different, Jace. Like the reason you've been so successful is because you you stick to those things. You see the stuff that makes people successful. You activate the magnet by focusing on what is great about the job. That's what I love about it too. It's like, wow, you have choices. You have freedom. You have options. You're surrounded by excellence. What more do you need? Other people don't see it that way. And I think one of the biggest challenges, aside from some of the great sales tips and nuggets that you've given, is you just have to think in an energetic and, and proactive way. You know what I mean? Um, question for you, Adam. Are you ready? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Simple question. <laughs> he knows LeBron. where this is going. Simple what? LeBron, 100%. Right. 100%. Oh, my God. Okay, Jason. Oh, we lost Jason. Kavanaugh just left. He just left. He's out. <laughs> he actually seriously might have. Let's give him he a second. He just hung up. Chance. He just hung up the call. Sorry, sorry about yes. that, guys. Okay. My my phone is connected to my iPad, and one of the reps called me, so I had to send him to voicemail. You, so, uh, we seriously so. thought on that when you hung up. We thought like oh, I said LeBron and <laughs> oh, I would never. Was like um, I would never. I would never hang up on this conversation. Never ever. ever. I know. I know. <laughs> All right, but start the question over time. Easy. I already know the answer, but Kavanaugh, you're a you're a great salesperson. You're a great sales leader. You're a great influencer yeah. of thought. I sit before you with a very <laughs> strong opinion on the matter, and I need your yes. best, brief, and succinct reasons why I should think LeBron James is a better, more influential player than Michael Jordan. Oh, okay. Now that's a tough one. A better influential. Wait, Kevin, are you Jordan. are you a LeBron? Are, are you a LeBron? I'm 100. So here here's the thing. I grew up watching Michael Jordan. I love Michael Jordan. I have nothing but respect for Michael Jordan, um, and I think mm -hmm. by far the greatest athlete in his era. One of the greatest athletes of all time. You know, six championships. You know, all the MVPs, all the accolades. Bigger hands than Kawhi. You know, he could jump 48 inches. You know, I mean, that was ahead of its time. There wasn't a lot of people that could even get close to that at that time. He set the bar. He's the person that everybody looks to. He's the reason why LeBron James even has the thought that he could probably be LeBron James. You know, he wore his number. Michael Jordan is really so iconic and has influenced so many people. Um, that's the hardest argument is if you're trying to say an influencer of people, maybe, um, you know, when he came in, he was one of those people that set the bar so high and was a man among boys, you know, and did things that nobody had ever done before. Um, so, so you're, you're not going to get me to hate on Michael Jordan. I absolutely love Michael Jordan, but the question is usually like, who's going to, who's the going to be, who's the greatest basketball player ever, or who's going to be the greatest basketball player ever. And hands down, I believe that that's going to be Michael, that's going to be LeBron James, not Michael Jordan. Um, and, you know, and people say, well, he won all six championships. He went through six times. He won six times. Well, people forget that it took him over seven years before he didn't even get to the NBA finals. You know, LeBron James in 2007 took five people out of Burger King. Um, and said, "Hey, we're going to the NBA Finals. <laughs> name me one person. Oh, name me one person on the on the on the 2007 Cleveland Cavaliers besides LeBron James, right? I can because I'm a I'm a Cleveland Cavalier fan. But you know anybody by the name of Junis Legowskis or Mo Williams? Yeah, or Legowskis. Or I got a Legowskis jersey underneath <laughs> my shirt right now. Just kidding, they right? Really to right, right, right. Hey, right. Kavanaugh, so, now, you'll you like this. So I I'm with you. I think LeBron." Same things, all the same reasons right. you just said. But I saw I saw a tweet the other day from um, gosh, what's that guy's name on the uh, LA Clippers? The defender, the guy that's really good defender. Kawhi. Anyway, no, not Kawhi. One of the Beverly. Juwan Patrick Howard. Beverly. Oh, J oh yeah. Juwan yeah. Howard was Fab Five, different era time. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so Patrick Beverly tweeted out. 
because they were all debating if, you know, all these players were like coming out saying like, I don't know if we're going to play once they lift the quarantine or we're going to play in the bubble or this, that, whatever. And all these players were saying like, I'm not playing like this, that, whatever. And finally, Beverly just tweets out and he goes, let me break this down for you. If LeBron says we're balling, we're all balling. Yeah. And, it was <laughs> and he like, hates LeBron, that by was the way. It. And yeah. Beverly <laughs> and hates it was LeBron. Like, and it was yeah. like, and that's the influence LeBron. Like if LeBron, if LeBron says yeah. we're playing, we're all playing. Like stop. With now, all here, the here, here's the influence. I, mean? I want to I <laughs> answer your question, though, on influence, okay? So Michael Jordan, did he influence? Absolutely. But, you know, on the, on the court is the thing that I really like about LeBron James. He makes every single person better on his team. When he's left the team, they've all become lottery teams. When Michael Jordan left, they won three less games. That's it, with a Pippen-led team. Okay, he had a dope team. His team, when they won, were all had a dominance factor of a team like the the Warriors. Okay, LeBron James has never won an NBA championship when he hasn't been an underdog. In fact, he had to beat the juggernaut that had the better record than Michael Jordan's team, the seventy three and nine beat over over the seventy two and uh, ten Bulls, and he came back on a three one deficit, which no, no one's ever done. Three zero. Yeah. Well, it might be three zero, but I think it's three one. Was but it three one or three zero? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, it was three three one. No one's ever done it. But here's the thing. The but here's the wins. thing. He he led he led both teams in points, assists, rebounds, steals, and shooting percent. I mean, he he he. No one's ever done that either. And he did that by coming back and beating the greatest team that has ever played basketball. Okay, so it's it's one of those things where you know people can debate it all the time, but Michael Jordan's never played against somebody like LeBron James. He never has. You look at six eleven two sixty back then. That was Bill Ambeer. Today, that's Giannis. Right? Those are two different stories, right? I've seen Giannis dunk from free throw in games. Okay, Michael Jordan won a slam dunk competition doing that. Right. So this is a different era. You put Michael Jordan, you put LeBron James in Michael Jordan's spot instead of being born in 1984. He actually is drafted like Michael Jordan in 1984. What happens? You probably have 10 well, straight championships. So anyway, I was I was the, the <laughs> argument, too, that's ridiculous is it was a different game. They were way rougher, this, that, whatever. I'm like, have you looked at LeBron? Like he could be a starting tight end in the NFL. Like he is. I don't know if you, an absolute you genetic this. freak. You see this right here? No, you got to slide, slide it about over this further. Picture? Oh, oh, this you way. Slide it over further. Yeah, that way. Okay. Okay. You Do you see anything gray in this hair. Michael Jordan picture? <laughs> Just gray hair. <laughs> so I, I don't know if you see that or not, but uh, um, I don't think you see that guy. You know, he's probably not even the best guy in the fifty over league at the at the YMCA now. You know, but he was in the NBA at that point. Now, I don't want to take anything away from Michael Jordan because I think that he would compete at the highest level today. He actually still has one of the highest vertical leaps ever, bigger hands than Kawhi, great defender, both sides. But I'm just saying LeBron James is LeBron James. He can, he, he can you know, he can jump out of the, the building, 44-inch vertical leap, just slightly lower than LeBron, than Michael Jordan's. But he's 6'9", 250. Okay, hand check him all day. He's still getting to the hole. You know what I mean? So, uh, I don't know. I'm, that's my opinion. I'm here's, sticking here's to it. Thing. Here's the thing. I think we just witnessed a master class in sales. First of all, I don't I don't know the things that you know about this, right? So, I, I just got to witness it. But the very first thing, dude, just the just the mastery of the of the unnatural, right? Normally, the way someone would start that argument is LeBron versus Jordan and they would just start saying Jordan sucks. Look at LeBron. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. You spend the first little bit building Michael Jordan up. You appease me, right? We're agreeable. <laughs> now I'm open. Now I'm going to listen to you because I disagree, right? But it's like, okay, cool. Like, this is a reasonable guy. Then you go through and passionately lay out your predisposition reasons why he's great. And then you wrap it up with he's probably the most influential. He's greater. But with the confident statement, it's LeBron. You can't convince me otherwise. Let's move. Dude, just beautifully done, Kavanaugh. Beautifully done. They're wrong, but it's amazing. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're probably right. You're probably right. You know. Okay. Uh, we got to jump came off from anybody but Ty. I would have been offended. <laughs> he, I, thank I you know so much, much for sharing about basketball. And I hope. 
Yeah, I hope I hope a lot of our newer reps listen and, and can take from your mentality as well as your your professionalism with regard to the job. I think I think you're someone that can um, that's added tremendous value to our industry. I think you're somebody that that directly connects and influences the people that you work with, and I feel really grateful to work with you. So thank you for sharing with us. And this has been another episode of Thanks Electric People. Thank you for joining us. If you've liked what you've heard and are interested in joining our teams, check us out at viventsolar.com forward slash careers. If you enjoyed the podcast, please go to iTunes and subscribe. Leave us a great review and leave us a five-star rating. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.